Well, this morning, as Josh preached, he had us flipping around a little bit throughout um, our Bibles, and that was a good thing, and we're going to keep that going tonight. Um, when he asked me to preach, uh, I thought about it, and I already had this topic kind of on my mind, and, um, you know, I think, like he said, it's, it's a good thing for us to know more about who God is, and for me specifically, uh, the Holy Spirit is something that I find myself not always thinking a whole lot about, uh, but maybe something that I should. And so tonight's sermon will be on the Holy Spirit, uh, and because of that, we're going to be kind of all over the place a little bit, but for us to begin, we'll start in Romans 8. So if you turn to Romans 8, uh, verses 15 and 16. Okay. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay, so tonight, uh, the outline of this, is we're kind of going to have like an overview of like the Holy Spirit. We're going to come back here to Romans 8 for a, a moment, and then we're going to talk about some implications or application of all of that and how that applies to our lives. So feel free to flip around with me, uh, but if not, feel free to listen as I um, go through kind of an overview of the Holy Spirit first. So when talking about the Holy Spirit, first thing you have to ask yourself is who is the Holy Spirit? Um, and, of course, we know that the Holy Spirit is God. He is one of the members, one of the persons of God. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Not three gods, but one God and three persons. And um, the Holy Spirit is fully 100% God. There are a couple of scripture passages here that I've um, outlined to, to point that out. So 1 Corinthians twelve four through 6 reads, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. There are a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Second uh, Corinthians 13, uh, in verse 14, it reads, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, in those two passages, uh, something important to point out is that it refers to God in three different uh, words. One, it uses spirit, Lord, and God in each of those verses, but they're all referring to the same person. Uh, so from that, we, uh, we come to believe and know that the Holy Spirit is not a separate person. It's the same person that it's talking about. It is God. And so from those two, we read that the Holy Spirit is God. Uh, more verses, Ephesians chapter 4, which we'll talk about more in a little bit. Um, it says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over and through all in all. And so from there, we see the same thing again. We see um, the name Spirit, Lord, and God, and Father, all re re referring to the same being, all referring to God. Um, and so from that, we, we know that the Spirit is still God. And then, of course, a, a last word um, on who the Holy Spirit is, or last verse, rather, is Jude. The book of Jude, verses 20 and 21, say that, uh, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. 
um, here in Jude, we find that it says we're praying in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so that confirms in our hearts that we know to pray to anything else or in anything else other than God would be blasphemy. But here, Jude, the book of Jude tells us that we are praying in the Holy Spirit. Um, and so we, we know from there that the Holy Spirit must be this one God. So, so to sum all those four verses up, who is the Holy Spirit? Um, the Holy Spirit is God. Um, that's quick, and that's a lot of page turning and flipping, but that's important for us to know as we move forward. Uh, going forward, what does the Holy Spirit do? Now, this is where we'll spend a whole lot of our, our time um, tonight. Now, the Holy Spirit does a couple of things, and this, I don't believe, is a comprehensive list, but a, a list of things that I've gathered from my reading of the scriptures. Um, this is a uh, and a couple of things that I find are incredibly important for us to believe and to know about the Holy Spirit. First, um, is that the Holy Spirit empowers us, and it empowers us in two ways. One, it empowers us um, physically, and it also empowers us spiritually. And what I mean, it, it empowers us to physical life. Psalm forty, or excuse me, Psalm one hundred and four, verse thirty, say, "When you send forth your Spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground." The Spirit comes and brings uh, life to things, to earth, to creation. Uh, Job 34, 14, 15 says, If he should set his heart to it and gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would return to dust. Here it's talking about he, he here is God. It says if God were to decide to remove his spirit, then all flesh would just die and perish. The Holy Spirit, God, in his in his grace to every person, not just to Christians, God is keeping us all alive by his spirit. And that is something um, vitally important for us to know about the Holy Spirit, that everyone, every individual is kept alive by God. Uh, he also empowers us spiritually. Now, this is what we know normally as like uh, sanctification or regeneration, other places might consider it purification. But all here um, in this, this set, the Holy Spirit is empowering us spiritually. John 3, um, in the story, this is the story of uh, Nicodemus, if you, if you guys remember that. Um, this, this is found in that passage. It says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you had its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And then later in that, uh, in, in the same book, John chapter 6, verse 63, says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And so as we, as we live our lives, as we aim for sanctification. We talk about that a lot. We, we talk about we want to we get closer to God. We want to know God more. We want to become more like Jesus. Um, we know that that is done by faith in Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is living in us, giving us life. Um, and this verse in chapter 6 of John tells us that in the flesh is no help at all, but it's only the Spirit that is the help. 2 Corinthians uh, 3, 6, still talking about uh, the spiritual gift that the Spirit gives. It says, Who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant? 
not of the letter of not of the letter, but of the Spirit. And the believers from among the circum uh, excuse me, uh, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And so again, we hear the same thing, and then um, one more in Acts chapter ten. While Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word, and the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed, because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. And Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water from baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? In that passage, we see after Peter preached a sermon in Pentecost how the Holy Spirit fell on all these people and they were given life. Uh, these passages all point out to the fact that the Holy Spirit empowers all of creation physically by the fact that we're all still breathing and the fact that our unbelieving neighbors are still breathing. It also shows us that the Holy Spirit gives life spiritually. Uh, it, it regenerates us that it the Holy Spirit, he is the power in us that allows us to come more and more like Jesus Christ. Second, and so the next thing that the, the Holy Spirit does, it, it, well, it continues to empower us, but not only in ways of life, spiritually and physically, but also it empowers us in ways of service. We've seen this in a lot of different epistles and different parts of the Bible. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna summarize a couple of different points here that um, we see throughout the Bible. Um, you, you see it in the Old Testament um, in a lot of places. The one that I think of specifically is Joshua. Uh, he, the Holy Spirit came upon Joshua in Numbers uh, chapter 27, verse 18, and then Deuteronomy uh, chapter 34, 19. He came upon, if, if you've read through Judges, he comes upon many judges. Uh, so that way he, those judges might go out and preach the word of God, as God has called them to do. Uh, you see him come upon Saul and David as they are made king. You read in the Old Testament in First uh, and Second Samuel as they come, uh, as they are kings, you, you, you read as the spirit of God came upon them and they did this and that and that, whatever. You see it more um, in the, like, the major and minor prophets of the Old Testament uh, for really similar reasons the way it did in, or similar ways that the Holy Spirit did in Judges. Not only that, and I think what many of us may remember uh, more readily, at least I did, uh, is the Holy Spirit coming upon the apostles as they wrote the gospels that they did. You, you, we see it, as we just read, in Acts after conversion of many people. And so I guess the point of, of those very quick summaries is that we, we see the Holy Spirit falling on God's people in specific times, in specific places, for specific reasons. Not only are these people just receiving the Holy Spirit, but God, the Holy Spirit is coming upon them so that way they might serve the kingdom of God in, in the place, in the way in which God has placed them there. And that also, as we'll, as we'll talk about soon, is, is true for our life. And then um, one that I love to think about and talk about with people is uh, the Holy Spirit gives, it, it empowers us for service by giving us very specific gifts to people. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, I'm going to um, turn there briefly and read. 
read this. Actually, I'm, I'm going to read a, a little more larger section from 4 to verse 11. I read some of these verses earlier, but they're too good not to read again. Now there are, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the Spirit. To another, uh, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts healing by one Spirit. To another, uh, the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And so we see in that passage of 1 Corinthians 12 that the Holy Spirit is appointing, is, is giving special gifts to people. Uh, we, we also might think of, uh, of, of other spiritual gifts or even the fruit of the Spirit. These things also come by uh, the Holy Spirit and are intended for us to use uh, for the building and the encouragement of the kingdom of God. Lastly, um, well, a, another work of the Holy Spirit, I guess, is that the Holy Spirit it unifies people. And so uh, for this, I, I, I was reading in um, Ephesians, and this really was made clear. I'm, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 and then go down to 15 and 16. So this is Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, 15 and 16. I, there, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one, with bearing with one another in love, Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body, one Spirit, and just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. That was one through five. I just didn't want to stop at the, until the sentence ended. And now verse 15 says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint in which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so, the last work of the Holy Spirit that I am uh, pointing out tonight is that the Holy Spirit, it unifies us. We see in the first three verses here of Ephesians chapter 4, that the Holy Spirit unifies us with other Christians. Uh, and, and we experience that every single day, or at least every Sunday, I hope. We, we come in here and we see each other's smiles. Um, we hear each other sing. And it's a good, good thing. And, and, and you know, you feel connected to each other. We feel connected as we're eating on Wednesday night. We're, we're each other's friends, and more than that, we're family. And and I think Ephesians 1, 4, 1 through 3, points that out to us. It says, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit, there is one body. That's, that's one body, one church, uh, and one Spirit. And so, not only that, but we are also united with Jesus. We're united with Christ, with God. Um, 
verses 15 and 16 point this out to us. It says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. And so we'll pause right there and we see from this verse in verse 15 that through the Holy Spirit we are united with Christ. He as the head of the church, we're a part of that. And so we are united with Christ and by because of that we are united with Christ. God the Father, all, all of God, that all that He is, and that is that's an amazing and wonderful thing, something that we greatly, greatly need. And so, all of that, I know that that's a lot of verses and a lot of like throwing a whole lot at you very quickly. Um, all of that is so important to us about thinking about who the Holy Spirit is, because when we understand that the Holy Spirit has empowered us. And has given us life. We understand that He is equipping us for service, and then and then we get the fact that He is uniting us with the church body. That has some pretty big implications and meaning um, for for our lives. But before we talk about that, just briefly, we're going to go back to Romans eight. I'll go back to Romans eight now, and um, and look at this passage just for a moment. Um, I chose this passage because I think it's one that we should all have on our minds pretty often. It's, it's at least one that I, I knew. Like I, I knew Romans 8. I, I knew it was there. I kind of knew what it talked about. But maybe until more recently, I had never really thought about the full implications of Romans 8 for my life. The full implications of what it means to walk by the Spirit. Uh, maybe because I hadn't thought fully about who the Holy Spirit is and what he's doing, um, or maybe just because I, I don't know, haven't thought about it. But either way, let's think about Romans 8 together. Um, so the verses that, that we're talking about specifically are 15 and 16, but uh, we need to understand what all of Romans 8 is. I mean, you've guys, you guys have read this before. You've heard it plenty, I'm sure. But Romans 8 in general, it's talking about living life in the Spirit of God and not living life in the flesh, not living life in sin. Even more specifically, it's talking about the fact that you are no longer condemned from a life that you have once lived in sin, but now because of the Holy Spirit who abides in you, who is living in you, who is doing all of these things that we've previously mentioned, because of that, you can live a life that is free. And so, uh, we see in verse 2 of, um, eight, it, it read, of chapter 8, it reads, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And so, those who are in Jesus, those who have put their faith and are trusting in Jesus Christ, are no longer held down by their sins. We know, and, and why is this important? We, this is important uh, because God is holy. God, Josh has hammered this into our minds. All believers know this. We know that we need Jesus because there is a holy God. We're not holy. And that's a problem. And because that's a problem, we need to trust in Jesus. And, but what 
Paul is writing is an encouragement to us. For those who are trusting in Jesus, then there is no problem. He's telling us the problem, well, it's gone. This is the answer to the problem. And not only that, if you're trusting in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you, and you're not even held to the things that you were doing, the ways in which you were sinning, or the consequences of your sin. And that's what Romans 8 is trying to communicate to us here. And he keeps talking about life in the Spirit, though. And that's, that's the cool part, I think, about when we get to verse 15 um, and 16, and then later, verses 26 and 27. Verse 15 and 16 say, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And so he goes on more to say in that, in, in Romans, that we're not just, we're not just people uh, in a different family who are allowed to come to Thanksgiving dinner. No, we are now made the same family with a place at the table. You got your name card and you know who you're sitting by. You're a family member with God because the Holy Spirit is in you because you have put your faith in Jesus Christ. And that should be a great encouragement to us. And, then, and you go on down and you read verses 26 and it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as, as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And so as family members, as uncondemned, accepted, loved family members of God, we now have, have a, a helper. We have a member, a part of God in us, guiding us, loving us. And when we don't know what to say because our friend has cancer or our neighbor down the road has lost his job or whatever it is, you just don't know what to say because life is coming at you. We, we read here that the Spirit is our helper and he's talking to God for us. And that, uh, that, that is an amazing thing because this spirit is the same one that is empowering us. We have to remember, he's, he's now comforting us. That's something I should have put down in one of the things the spirit does. He comforts us. So the same spirit who empowers us who, by giving us life in spiritual and physical ways, who strengthens us for ministry in whatever way and whatever place God has put us in, uh, who unites us with God and his church, is the same spirit living inside of us, comforting us, loving us, praying out, calling out to God the Father, all the things that we don't know how to say. That's, that's an awesome thing. And so, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything for us. Uh, to, to have that God, that, that, that member of, of God, that person of God living inside of us, what does that mean for us? Well, I think, I think it means three, three things. One, we can, we can live boldly. We can live boldly because of Romans 8, because we are no longer condemned. We don't have to, we can go out and we can share the gospel with people, unafraid of them saying, well, you didn't used to act this way. Unafraid of them saying, yeah, but you used to do that and this and this. And in fact, you're still doing this and this and that. Now, why should I believe the gospel you're preaching? Well, we can go unashamed because of this. Because now there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free 
in Christ Jesus. Not only that, but... Sorry, I'm gonna... We can, we can also live blamelessly. Boldly is, is one thing, and, and, and blamelessly is another. I, I know these two points are very similar and tied together, but I guess in my mind they, they seem slightly different. You know, we, we go with boldness and, and declaring the love of Jesus Christ, and we go blamelessly, um, knowing that, that what we are doing is as you share the gospel with your friends, as you're sitting down coffee or at the lunch, like, at the lunch table, at work, at the supermarket, uh, you share your, your faith blamelessly. And then we can be unified. Uh, the next thing that, what, what can we do? What does it mean? It means that we can be unified. How many times have you had a friend say, uh, I'd like, you know, I'd love to come to church, but that one time I did this, I just remember these two, two people getting into a fight. Or I, I used to go to church, but, but I'm still kind of, there's this one person who goes there, and so I can't come to that church. I, I'll try to find another one, you know? How many times have we heard that? Probably more than we care to admit. Well, this tells us, Ephesians 4, as we read earlier, you know, it tells us that we'll, we can live in unity, and we can live together, and we can do this because we have the same Spirit of God living in each and every one of us. And with, with that, I'm, I'm sure that we can work out our problems with one another. You know, as I think about all these things that the Holy Spirit has, um, is doing in all of us, and, and is doing in, in me, I'm caused to think about this church, not just like the church in general, but I'm caused to think about Fairdale. And as a guy from Alabama who has only been here for, for a year, I can tell you the unity part has been something that I was skeptical of coming in. And it's something that, frankly, doesn't come easy to me, being, you know, like buddies or friends and like getting to know people. Maybe I'm too shy. I am too shy. But... But I, I can promise you, even as this, as recently as this Sunday morning, as I sit in the pew and I close my eyes and listen, and, and we hear everyone singing, and I, I know that I am united with you people, knowing that you guys are my family. And, and that, that's not just because there's a bunch of voices in the room, that's because the Holy Spirit is amongst us, the Holy Spirit is empowering each and every one of you in your own way, very specifically for where God has placed you so that way you might encourage somebody else wherever you are. And so tonight, as you go home and go to bed and get ready to go and do whatever it is you have to do tomorrow, I pray that you will wake up, you'll read your Bible, and you'll, you'll think about the ways that God is using the Holy Spirit in you um, to, live, to live boldly, to live blamelessly and uh, be united because, because his spirit is the same within you as it is with your neighbor, your Christian neighbor. So if you guys would pray with me, we'll be done. Father, thank you so much for the Holy Spirit in us. Gosh, it, it's something that we don't think about enough, something that I don't think about enough, something 
someone who, who has changed our lives in such amazing ways and we don't even realize it. So I, I praise you, God, and we praise you, God, together that you have designed, that, that you are the way you are and that you, that you change our lives um, because of what Jesus has done and through the Holy Spirit. So Lord, thank you for empowering us, Lord, for changing us. God, and I pray that you would continue to comfort us and guide us as we go on this week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.